Thank you for tuning in to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. You're about to hear a live sermon, which was recorded at our 11 a.m. contemporary service. We are thrilled to share it with you. Thank you for listening. Welcome. My name is Jeff Myers. We're pastors here at Roswell Press. It's great to see you in worship this morning. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm dragging. I, I really missed that hour they stole from us last night. And I think I was hallucinating. I saw like a UFO on the way in into the office today. I'm going to tell you about it later, but um, one, oh, what was I supposed to do? Oh, I'm supposed to remind the kids that there's a children's question. The question is this. What Shakespeare character does Jeff say Pilate is most similar to? Okay, what Shakespeare character do I say Pilate is most similar to? I want to remind you, in case you hadn't seen, that next Sunday we're having a Voices of Mimosa um, concert where uh, the Baptist Church and Roswell United Methodist and us are all gathering at 3 p.m. in the RUMC Sanctuary for a choir concert. It's going to be a great, um, a great time, so I invite you to come, bring a friend um, at RUMC at 3 p.m. in the sanctuary. And then also, um, but don't you dare start worshiping there. <laughs> Maybe we should have hosted. This is bad thinking. Uh, and on Wednesdays, we have a midweek meditation uh, service. It's just a brief service, about 20, 25 minutes. It's in a historic sanctuary. If you're looking for an opportunity this Lent to kind of settle yourself, slow down, and you can make it work, it's at noon in the historic sanctuary. Well, today we're going to look at the figure of Pontius Pilate. Many kind of consider him to be a disinterested political figure. And I'm going to make the argument that, no, he is very, very interested and um, He's a politician that is looking to save his own hide. And Jesus, and we're going to see what happens when Jesus and him encounter each other. So let us listen to the word of the Lord. The passage is from John 18, verses 28 through 33a. Then they took Jesus from Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early in the morning. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so as to avoid ritual defilement and to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, if this man were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and judge him according to your own law. The Jews replied, we are not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill what Jesus had said when he indicated the kind of death he was to die. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we ask that in the next few moments you might be our teacher, that you by your spirit might illuminate these words and this story, this figure, Pontius Pilate. God, that we might recognize its relevance for our own world and our own lives, that we might live in response to your grace and your truth. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There is the way of Pilate, and there is the way of Jesus. One ends in death, the other ends in resurrection. The question is, which path will we choose? Did you ever watch the, uh, that Netflix show, House of Cards? In an interview, the creator said the show he wanted to create, he wanted to create a show that presented an extreme view of politics. Was he ever successful? The central character is this guy, Frank Underwood, who will do whatever it takes to become president of the United States of America. 
He starts out, he, he's a congressman from South Carolina. And he'll do whatever he can to get ahead. Don't let his slow southern drawl fool you. He's one bad guy. He's a master manipulator, setting people up and then tearing them down. He sets up a friend to get murdered. He kills a dog. He cheats on his wife, Robin Wright. Who would ever cheat on Princess Buttercup? <laughs> he lies, he cheats, he steals, he kills. Underwood lives in a closed universe. He lives for himself. At one point he even says this, there is no solace above or below, only us, small, solitary, striving, battling one another. I pray to myself for myself. Underwood chooses the way of Pilate. Now, I know y'all a bunch of Presbyterians, House of Cards is probably a little too lowbrow for you. So how about, how about we go Shakespeare? Shakespeare's play, Macbeth. Macbeth and Lady Macbeth have this all-consuming thirst for power. Eventually, Macbeth murders, murders the king of Scotland. And then he gets the throne, but now that he's sitting on the throne of power, he begins, gets paranoid. He's fearful. He's scared that somebody's going to try to take it from him. And so he'll kill and murder and do whatever he can to keep his hand around the grip of power. And then in that famous line that illustrates the desires of all tyrants, dictators, and despots, for mine own good, all causes shall give way. For mine own good, all causes shall give way. In other words, everyone should worship me. I am my own God. Macbeth, Frank Underwood, they take the way of Pilate. That way is marked with greed, violence, paranoia, and eventually death. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely, I've heard it said. The way of Pilate leads to death. In the Gospel of John, there are seven scenes that we see where there's this conversation, ongoing conversation between Jesus and Pilate and the people. I want to walk through these seven scenes, can you recognize the difference between the way of Pilate and the way of Jesus? Scene number one, the handover. <laughs> the Jewish and religious and political leaders are threatened by Jesus, but there is only so much they can do to him. So they've got to take him to a higher power. And when they bring him in, Pilate asks them, what charges are you bringing against him? Notice how they don't even answer Pilate's question. Notice how they presume Jesus' guilt. They say, we wouldn't have handed him over if he weren't guilty. The presumption of guilt is how we know we're being set up. Pilate says, judge him by your own law then. But Pilate's not getting the message. And they say, but we have no right to execute anyone. They want to kill Jesus. Now, to fully understand this situation, we have to understand the first century uh, Roman context in the Mediterranean world. Rome dominated the Mediterranean world at that time. Over the years, people have viewed Pontius Pilate as a disinterested political figure. Not the case. He's far from it. You see, the Roman emperor Caesar would hire basically 5% of the subjugated population to collect taxes. 
on behalf of the Roman Empire. This is why the citizens hated tax collectors, because they were seen as betraying their people, working on behalf of the Romans. And the Romans liked to look over things, so they installed a governor. Pontius Pilate was installed in AD 26. He was the fifth Roman governor of the area. And Pilate made himself rich by extorting bribes and and manipulating the political situation for his own advantage, to his own benefit. And so Pilate and the Jewish leaders had a long history of working together to enrich themselves. And then here comes Jesus threatening this arrangement. As he spoke up for the poor, the marginalized, he called into question the misuse of the temple. Now, we tend to think of a temple as a religious place, but it was more than that in the first century. It was a place for religious worship, but it was also like a bank. It was also uh, a place of politics. We might think of it, the temple in the first century, as the first national bank of the Jews. See, the, the chief priests used the temple's resources to enrich themselves. What they did is they'd go and buy land out from peasants And they tried to consolidate power and to enrich themselves. And Jesus calls them into question. He's confronting them. The way of Pilate and the way of Jesus. Scene number two. The introduction. (laughs) Somebody thought it was funny. The introduction. Pilate takes Jesus inside for a private conversation and asks him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your idea, Jesus says, or did others talk to you about me? Pilate replies, your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. And Pilate responds, oh, so you are a king then. And Jesus answers, listen to this. You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And listen to what? Pilate says, he says, what is truth? What is truth? He says, Pilate has lost his spiritual equilibrium. He doesn't even know what truth is. Who is this figure, Pontius Pilate? He probably came from a wealthy family. Got his career started in the Roman military. After finding success and moving up the ranks, the Roman Empire installed him as a governor in one of the more troublesome provinces. Pilate's parents would have been so proud of him. He'd gained everything that was valued in the Roman imagination. He had power, he had wealth, he had prestige and fame. The only way Pilate got here would have been because he was able to be an expert at manipulating the political situation. If an innocent man has to die, so be it. Then walks in this Jewish peasant from the backwoods of Palestine. He's the son of a carpenter, and now he's saying he's a king, but a king not of this world. And then he says he embodies truth. And he challenges Pilate about everything that Pilate thinks he counts on in life. Jesus says, you must choose sides, Pilate. Will you? Will you choose truth? And Pilate says, what is truth? Scene three. Pilate avoids responsibility. 
Pilate walks out to the Jewish leaders and he says this, I find no basis for charge, no basis to charge him, but since it's your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of Passover, do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, no, no, give us Barabbas. See, notice what Pilate's trying to do. He's trying to avoid having to take responsibility for who he's going to release, what he's going to do with Jesus, and he wants to blame it on the mob mentality that's, that's shouting, crucify him, crucify him. But it is his responsibility. He's in the place of power and authority. This is like if I would have walked in today and I come up to you and I said, guess what, you're going to give the sermon today. You say, that's not my responsibility, that's your job. See, you do it. And Pilate's trying to say, oh, it's not me, it's the crowds. But they say they don't want the king of the Jews released, they want Barabbas. Pilate tries to avoid responsibility by making a just decision. The Danish philosopher and theologian Soren Kierkegaard once wrote, purity of heart is to will one thing. Purity of heart is to will one thing. We have to decide on what we think is true. What do we care about? What do we really want? What is our true, utmost, and most important desire? Purity of heart is to will one thing. And Pilate is confused about the truth. He says, what is truth? He doesn't know what he cares about. We must decide on what we see as the truth and live in response to that. But the way of Pilate is marked by ambivalence. Scene four, Pilate doubles down. Bad leaders cannot admit when they are wrong. In fact, bad leaders tend to double down on their bad decisions and make things worse. Notice what happens. Jesus is now in the custody of the Roman soldiers. And they begin to mock him. Oh, you're, you think you're a king? And then they construct a, a crown made out of thorns and jam it on his head. Oh, you think you're a king? They put a, a purple robe on him. Oh, you think you're a king? And they mock him. Hail, king of the Jews. How do you respond when confronted with an uncomfortable truth? Many of us lash out, we mock and make fun, we abuse and attack. This is the way of Pilate. In season two of House of Cards, there's a reporter who becomes a truth seeker in the show. She uncovers the details that Frank Underwood is related to a murder. And rather than confront his own evil past and change directions, 37 seconds into the second season, I'm about to ruin it for you, he pushes her in front of a train. <laughs> I, th I was like, that's enough of that show. <laughs> they jumped the shark. But this is the way of Pilate. This is the way often bad leaders act. When someone gets too close to you with an uncomfortable truth, when they start seeing behind our mask, when they begin to step on our toes, they, re they refuse to believe our lies and illusions. This is the way of Pilate. They're often these people who love us the most but love us so much that they don't want us to stay the same. You have a choice to listen to them or lash out. And Pilate, Pilate lashes out the the way of Pilate lashes out rather than to learn a new way. Scene five, the parade. Pilate comes out again. 
Look, he says, I'm bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. And Pilate parades Jesus around in the crown of thorns and this purple robe, and the chief priests and the leaders begin to chant, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. But Pilate says, you take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. And they respond, we have a law, and according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. We see the fervor and fanaticism of the mob as they chant, crucify him, crucify him. Jesus has confronted the crowd, the religious leaders, and yes, Pilate himself with an uncomfortable truth. Not just a king, but he's claiming to be the son of God, and they cannot tolerate this. And this detail worries Pilate. Scene six, origin story. When Pilate heard the crowd say that Jesus called himself the son of God, he became very afraid. He asks Jesus, where did you come from? But Jesus remains silent. Do you refuse to, to answer me, Pilate says? Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Notice here. Pilate is clear that he holds the reins of power. He's the decider in this decision. Jesus says, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. And so Pilate tries to set Jesus free, but the religious leaders keep shouting, if you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. Why do you think these religious leaders are saying that Pilate, if he releases him, is no friend of Caesar? Do you know who else in the first century called themselves the son of God? The Roman emperor did, Caesar did. He called himself the son of God. And Jesus is drawing a line in the sand. Pilate, who are you going to treat with ultimate authority? You have the power to decide, Pilate. But Pilate is wavering. He doesn't know what the truth is. And so the question now is, how will you use your power? For justice or injustice? Will you give in to the mob and their bloodlust? Will you distort and twist the truth? Will you execute an innocent man? Even with this, Pilate fails to do what is right. The way of Pilate avoids the truth. Scene seven, the sentencing. As Pilate listens to the crowd chant, he sits down on the judge's seat. Here is your king, Pilate says. And they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king, he asked. We have no king but Caesar. The Jewish leaders have identified who is ultimate in their imagination, that Caesar is. And so Pilate finally hands him over to be crucified. Pilate seals Jesus' fate. He will die. Pa Pilate has the power to do the right thing, but he acts as if he has no choice. He's the person that knows the right thing to do, has the power to do it, but lacks the will to do it. This is the way of Pilate, choosing wealth and prestige and power over serving justice and doing the right thing. I've heard it said that all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. This is the way of Pilate. And while he thinks he's going to put Jesus to death and that death will have this final word, he's in for a big surprise in three days. During World War II, 
only a small group of Christians didn't join forces with Hitler. The so-called German Christians had joined him in his movement. There was this small band of Christians, and they called themselves the Confessing Church. They confessed the way of Jesus in the face of the way of Pilate. They believed in resurrection, and because they believed in resurrection, they could have courage in standing against tyranny. In 1934, this group of Christians gathered in the town of Barman to write what we call the Barman Declaration. It was a theological statement that they were confessing, they were bearing witness to what they believed in the face of tyranny. The first line reads, Jesus Christ, as he is attested for us in Holy Scripture, is the one word of God we have to hear and which we have to trust and obey in life and in death. It goes on. As Jesus Christ is God's assurance of the forgiveness of all of our sins, so in the same way and with the same seriousness, he is also God's mighty claim upon our whole life. Through him befalls us a joyful deliverance from the godless fetters of this world for a free, grateful service to his creatures. Saying that Jesus has saved us to set us free to serve others. Jesus confronts his own death. And chooses a new way because of resurrection. He's not self-seeking. He lays down his life for his friends. He's not self-protecting. He risks it all. He's not ambivalent about the truth. He says, I'm going to offer and demonstrate that truth of my love for you by going to the cross. This is the way of Jesus. This is the way of resurrection. And so... The way of Pilate and the way of Jesus is set before us. It's not just for politicians like Pilate. It's for friendships. Will we seek to serve ourselves or to serve others? For parents, will we seek the good of our children? For bosses, will we treat our employees well and seek their good? The way of Pilate and the way of Jesus is set before us. Let us have the courage to follow Christ. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for all that you have done for us in your son Jesus, that you've shown us a new way, where we pray that we might have the courage to believe in resurrection, and that resurrection light might shine its life and its light into our lives. Lord, that we might live a new way, that we might live according to the truth offered in your son Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. If you'd like more info about Roswell Presbyterian Church, check out our website at roswellpres.org.